I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi mom, how's it going? Hello Ellen, it's going quite well. Today we are chatting about Bombshell by Sarah McLean, but first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? We were talking last week about how this segment's getting pretty boring because Ellen works and doesn't watch anything with me anymore. Except for Taskmaster. We have been watching Taskmaster. Um, Because I get home and that's all I want to watch. And the only book I read this week was Bombshell. Um, I started listening to Binding Vows by Catherine Bybee. Um, Here's what I will say. I'm enjoying the book, the actual story. The narrator (laughs) has a very, like, and this could just be, like, a personal thing. Like, you know, everybody's got their things that bug them and don't bug them. Um, But uh, his, to me... His female voices are very unsettling. Like, they're kind of creepy sounding. <laughs> I don't know well, why. Maybe and the main th- character just has a creepy voice. And I think he was chosen because he does a very good Scottish accent, which is necessary. I'm thinking he's Scottish, potentially. I don't know. But, so his Scottish accent is very good. Um, but yeah, like, the way he does female voices is disconcerting to me. I'm sorry. So, that's kind of taking away, I think, some of my enjoyment, but I do like the story, so I'm, I'm continuing on with it. Um, and then we also watched the SNL episode with Jason Sudeikis, uh, Gosh, who him. can just get it left, right, front, and center, back, too, I guess. Um, <laughs> but he is, especially in that parent-teacher conference sketch... I'm just like, yeah. I w- in fact, I saw a very funny YouTube comment on that sketch that was like, somebody in the writer's room obviously has, has like, feels certain ways about Jason Sudeikis, and I was like, yeah. I get it. And I get it. Um, is it just me, or is he, like, better looking now than he was then when he was on SNL? I've always, I've, I have been in love with him I know, since, like, even before it was popular to be in love with him. first came on the scene in SNL, so... You know. You're a trendsetter, Ellen. I'm so trendy. Um, okay, so today we were chatting about Bombshell by Sarah McLean. Uh, it is the first book in her new Hell's Bells series. This series is tied to Scandal, the Scandal and Scoundrel series and also her Bare Knuckle Bastard series. Uh, the follow-up to Bombshell, Heartbreaker, is set to come out next year. And it's maybe not about who you think it would be about. I thought for sure it would be Imogen. No, they're going to say that for last. Peck. It's it's going to be. Which makes me sad because I was like, that's the one that I wanted to Adel- read. Adel- it's Adelaide next. Adelaide and, and the Duke. And Duke 
Clayton, Clayborn, Clay. Well, he something. he's uh, yeah, it's probably Clayborn. I think Clayborn. Okay, um, so here's the back cover description for Bombshell. After years of living as London's brightest scandal, Lady Cecily Talbot has embraced the reputation and the freedom that comes with the title. No one looks twice when she lures a gentleman into the dark gardens beyond a Mayfair ballroom, and no one realizes those trysts are not what they seem. No one, that is, but Caleb Calhoun, who has spent years trying not to notice his best friend's beautiful, brash, brilliant sister. If you ask him, he's been a saint about it, considering the way she looks at him and the way she talks to him and the way she'd felt in his arms during their one ill-advised kiss. Except someone has to keep Cecily from tumbling into trouble during her dangerous late-night escapades, and maybe close proximity is exactly what Caleb needs to get this infuriating, outrageous woman out of his system. But now Caleb is the one in trouble because he's fast realizing that Cecily isn't for forgetting. She's forever. And forever isn't something he can risk. Mom, what did you think of Bombshell? Um, I'm going to give this a really like. I think I really, really like this one. Not, not, not quite a love. I don't know. I, I did really, really enjoy it though. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm a, a, a really like. I, not a love. And it's probably due to no fault of the books. Or maybe it is. I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to tell. I was telling mom, i I felt like it kind of, when I was, it took me a while to get in the, into the book. This could be because I needed to read the book. <laughs> quickly. Well, quickly. And then, um, so it was taking me a while and I felt like there was a lot of like restating the facts. It's like, okay, I get it. He loves her, but he can't love her for some reason that uh, you're not going to tell me yet. will be disclosed And later. she lusts him and has been in love with him for a long time. I get it. This is all this, this point has been belabored. So I felt like that mom said that was, I was being unfair because I was trying to get through the book quickly. Fair enough. That's just, that was something that I, yeah. But again, I've been feeling kind of crummy this week. So it's, I think I'm just not in a good headspace to enjoy a book. Um, but we are having like perfect laying inside reading book weather. Yeah, it's pouring rain. It's been pouring. Point. It's been like raining straight for 24 hours at this point. Um, so you would think, I don't know, that I like would get into hard it raining, like not even drizzling, like hard yeah. rain. In fact, you might even hear it on <laughs> the recording. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm a like, not a love, which is strange for me because usually, um, First books in a Sarah McLean series are, like, typically my favorite of the series. It's good, though. And she doesn't do first book-itis. She... Mm. A little bit, but only because we kind of know the formula for a Sarah McLean. And we know... Okay, so here's this girl, and she's going to end up with this guy. And here's this girl, and she's going to end up with this guy. And... But we don't well, know Well, we do have to do, like, a lot of introduction to people that we've never met. Also, this this book is strange because it suffers from first book itis, but it also kind of suffers from being tied to another series itis. Well, that's true because there is stuff, and it's like, oh yeah, I did read. I remember reading about that. Yeah, <laughs> and there was a lot of 
I and mean, there's all those S names that I all had a hard sisters enough time who we read track about of. all the sisters, and so it's a lot of okay. I know I've read this. So unless you've read all those series really recently, it's very hard to keep all of that straight in your brain. Mm-hmm. And I would love to have the time to go back and reread all these lovely books by Sarah McLean, but I don't have that kind of time. So, um, well, actually, I don't know that I you can't do. say that this doesn't complete. I think she, I think she does a, a she does a pretty good job at like not um, being bogged down in first bookitis, but I do think there is. A smattering of first book itis because there's a lot of people that you know she's kind of having to introduce this like concept like what would you even call what they are like a, a woman's fight club <laughs> it's not yeah. like a fight club it's like they're a, not fighting each other it's like a little revenge society kind of um or just like well, a little vigilant like a little vigilante group that doesn't like kill people yeah although i did wonder if that was things were alluded to yeah i know i was like do they kill people because they keep kind of like hinting that they might that it's not off the table yeah um so is that like the way that you would yes sum up what they do is yes but there are a lot uh, you know she sarah always has little easter eggs in her books where you know she she references Fallen Angel Club. Yeah, and I mean, like different little things. Like every that. single one, I feel like every single one of her series is is referenced in this one, which is rewarding as someone who's read all of her books. But if you were just picking up this book as like a, I'm gonna try this book, I feel like I would be somewhat confused, or at least for me, because I like to be in the know. So I, you know, I'm not. I, I struggle with picking up a book mid-series, things like that. Um, and this would almost feel like a mid-series because it's tied yeah, to so many other series. Absolutely. Because they reference all the bare knuckle bastards. Um, all her sisters. All her sisters and all of their marriages and hints at their stories, which I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've read all those sisters. Um, so... I don't know, like, for me, that element was okay because I've read the books, but I, I did wonder at somebody who was picking it up for the first time, and um, especially if it was me picking it up for the first time, having not read the other books, I would be frustrated that, like, this is a first book. I'm supposed to not <laughs> yeah, have to know all these people because um, I get caught up on that kind of stuff. Um, okay, what did you think of Cecily as our heroine? Um, I liked Cecily. I, I liked her. Cecily's a pretty prominent figure in her sister's books. Her sisters are kind of set up as, like, Regency Kardashians. Um. I would agree with that. Who. But there's more of them. Are, like, notorious for their scandal making. Um. And I think, you know, Cecily is supposed to be the most scandalous of them all um and so you know I know that reading those other books I was like oh I wonder when Cecily's I remember like wondering when she was and they had set up her and well I knew Caleb yeah we knew this from um well because that there's a kiss referenced or not a kiss but like a moment referenced where they have a moment and he has he like leaves the next day and she's pretty bummed out about it. And I remember that happening. Was that in Day in, of the Duchess or Yeah, in Sarah's book. Yeah. 
Okay, because... Which we talked about on the show, like, yes. when it came out a long time ago. Um, yeah, but I, then I couldn't remember, okay, well, did that take place in Day of the Duchess, or was it in one of the Bare Knuckle Bastard books, or... No, I'm pretty sure that was in Sarah's book. Um, so, she's very sassy. She is very sassy. They have great banter. I She's uh, a bit, like... Uh, anachronistic, I think is the word, in that um, she seems a little too modern sometimes. Well, there were even phrases in the book that I'd highlighted that I was like, mm, would this be a phrase back then? Because no. Yeah. Or this reference, I'm thinking no. Yeah. But, you know, you can't... So many of our historical writers are writing, trying to be true to history, but also trying to make it entertaining to a contemporary reader. So, well, and well, and we've talked about this before. They're they're imbuing these historicals with um, feminist theology that I think was just over the top. I think it was. I think there was rumblings of it, but it in no ways was it as widespread as I think is sometimes portrayed in historical romance in historical romance novels, which you know is unfortunate. And in an ideal world, ladies, yeah. sisters, well, they're doing always it for themselves, but falling in love with these guys who are just so you know into consent and into all these things. Like, mm, was that really as big a deal back then as it is now? Well, no. listen, you can read a historical from the 80s and be like, oh, no, it definitely no. wasn't. Because <laughs> if just, you know, 30 years ago we were struggling with, yeah, yeah, you know, making it palatable, then yeah, obviously there was in a the lot Regency of, era. She says no, but she really wants it, I can tell, by the look in her eyes. And I'm like, yeah. mm, does she? Because she said no. <laughs> Pretty sure she said no, Because <laughs> really, regardless of what you're seeing in her eyes, yeah, that doesn't make a difference. Um... That being said, very modern, but she she was fun, and her and the ladies were fun, and um, yeah, her and Caleb have some pretty good banter, which is more coming from her side than him. So, um, you know, I give her all the right, all her due. Well, she's a saucy little thing. Yes, she is, and um, and yeah, and I kind of liked her, um, kind of struggling a bit with her identity like both in her family and in society that she's kind of got this reputation that she wears proudly but also doesn't completely identify with if you are you picking up what I'm throwing yeah. down um and kind of coming to terms with that and kind of finding a way to still make it hers, but also define it differently, I guess. Right. Well, she struggles with her place in the aristocracy, which is, you know... Fair enough. She doesn't like it. Yeah. And most, you know, a lot of people in the book don't. Um, but also, yeah, within her family, because she doesn't want to be a, you know, stuck-at-home mom with a bunch of kids. Yeah, like and sisters. I also liked that, that um, she... That the epilogue wasn't a baby being born. Yeah, that the epilogue <laughs> wasn't a baby. And that she said she didn't want to have kids, and it wasn't, first of all, a big deal. And um, second of all, I was, like, really worried there was going to be, like, a surprise baby in the epilogue. <laughs> and um, I'm kind of glad that, she, you know, both her and Sarah McLean 
stuck to their guns yeah. on that. And, um, cause I think especially back then too, it's like childbirth would be scary. Yeah. And, um, she had a pretty good thing going for... Well, and they did have the talk about, you know, I don't want to have children. He's like, you know, I support you in that. But then I never really saw anything that was being done to prevent it <laughs> To prevent that. Um, was there pulling out of any nope. fashion? Nope. Okay. Interesting. None of that. So, so, I'm not sure... I mean, there was a lot of, like, um, penetration of the non-penile variety. <laughs> or the non vaginal variety yeah but um the yeah but there no variety. there was there was straight up you know explaining him coming inside of her and that kind of stuff and it's like okay i'm not sure what exactly well, you guys know about childbirth but and there's slight reference to like she says something like i have ways and i'm like okay but what are these ways what are these in, ways in regency <laughs> these magical ways i guess this is, is this this is supposed to be victorian i guess because queen victoria, victoria. i mean that's take, the whole point okay yeah um, but still. Also, this is, I mean, tangent, but, um, and I'm assuming it's going to be explored more in Peck's book, but I like, I find the, um, the transition from Bow Street Runners to Metropolitan Police to be kind of interesting, and I hope well, we get I, to see more of that. I have a feeling it was about as crazy as, as it sounds in this yeah, book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and... I know it was really hard for them to get rid of a lot of corruption, because... Bow Street Runners were literally paid by people to find, you know, they were like... Mercenaries. Yeah, well, they were like um, private detectives almost. Bounty hunters. Individuals, yeah. And um, and then they went to the police department, but pe so people were still thought, well, I can just play, pay the police more and they'll worry more about my thing than everybody else's thing. Yeah. And so it really was hard to get rid of that kind of Which mentality. Which is referenced when, you know, he shows up trying to help Maggie and... You know, she's like, you don't care about our problems. And he's like, I'm telling you, I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's tangent, but I found that part interesting. Um, okay, what did you think of Caleb as our hero? Um, I liked Caleb. I liked Caleb. He's very no noble, which is nice, but it also kind of pissed me off sometimes. Well, I did love her line where she said, oh, him and his inability to lie. And then later on, she's like, oh, him and his inability to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Sweetheart. <laughs> But, um, yes, he was very noble. So you knew that, like, the whole thing with when she thought he had a wife and a child in hiding and all this stuff, it's like, okay, that's not going to be true because yeah. he's too, he's, you know, he's the hero of our story and he's not going to be that. He's not going to have a secret baby. No, that none of that's going to be a away. thing. And, um, anyway, he was, he was lovely. He was not, um, he was kind of a grumpy hero. But as with most of our grumpy heroes, it turns out they're not he really was, grumpy. He was less grumpy, though, and kind of just more, like, withdrawn, I would say. Or trying to be withdrawn. Yeah. But she kept sucking but him back he in. Felt literally. felt so strongly. Um, yeah. And I did, I mean, like, his whole he had to put an ocean between them thing was pretty swoony. And, um... Because he just couldn't stay away from her. But also it was like, okay, dude, like, come on. Just get it. Bone in. already. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Especially when I was like, I got a book to read, so let's... <laughs> let's move this along. Let's, <laughs> let's just finger her already. Because I know how Sarah McLean books start. Um, yes. 
Um, I also liked him getting all touchy when they were betting against him in the fight at the bar. Yeah, that was like my favorite part. Yeah, <laughs> about him and Peck. Yeah, and there and Imogen especially is like, "Ooh, I like the brawny, muscly, uh, with a beard. bearded one." Whoa. I was like, "I see what you're doing, Sarah." Like, <laughs> um, but and then he's like, "Oh, you're all just gonna bet on him? That's fine." <laughs> I, don't know, I just thought that was funny. Well, we don't always have a lot of Americans in these books, but then it turns then out he, he wasn't an American. American. Um, so these two have history. Um, like we talked about because they, um, had moments in the previous books, um, like four books ago in the Sarah McLean, uh, in the M, the MLU, the McLean Literary Universe. Um, so they have history and I, like I said, I did think that whole element was swoony. Um, and then she's doing this secret society vigilante group thing that he is trying to figure out what she's doing and she is meanwhile trying to find out secrets about this Viscount. Yes. And he knows things about said Viscount, which is alluded to. Yes. And um, then she realizes she might need to find out secrets about him. Yes. Um, I, I remember reading all those things. <laughs> so that all happened um and it like we said in her uh rooting out of his secrets she finds out that there's this woman and this baby and this part frustrated me because as soon as she sees well first of all she goes to this house because um both him caleb and the viscount whatever his name was there was, clay, clay, you guys, you guys know that I struggle when there's a lot of the same letter and there was everybody, every man in this book had a C name, had a C name <laughs> and every woman had an S name and I was on the struggle bus. Um, but Colford was that? Yes. Yes. Okay. The Viscount Colford. So both the Viscount and Caleb, both C's for the record, were, um, sending money to why this was house. he sending? Why was Colford sending her money? So, yeah, I think maybe he was. Maybe they just said that he was sending money to protect, to like have the guys watching the house. Like maybe it was Colford was having those guys watch the house, and it's a house where Caleb is also sending, sending money. money. Was that it? I, I don't know. I thought they were both sending money that's what to I the thought house, too. too. I thought that's what it Maybe said. he was just sending money to Brixton or, or to the town. I don't know. So. Mm. but Or maybe to, like, keep her quiet. I, I don't know. It, I, I don't know. But anyway, so. There were a couple things in this that I was like. To them both that? having an interest in the house. And then she immediately leaps to, obviously, this is his wife and child. I was like, well, then why? But then as soon as you think that, you'd have to think, but why is Colford then sending money? Money, yeah. And she even in her head thought, I don't know why he's doing it, but I know that Claiborne's doing it, or that. And this is obviously his son. I know um, that. What's his name? Colford. But the. Uh, Caleb. Caleb. Caleb Crawford? Caleb Calhoun. Calhoun, okay. See? Oh my gosh! So C? many C's! 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 <laughs> and Cal- you got Duke of Claiborne. Duke of, or then Colford. Caleb Calhoun, Viscount C- 
Colford. Even the bad guy that crouches or Yeah. <laughs> so him too? All C's. All C's. And how are we supposed to speed read through a book with every name a C? You can't do that to me. It's just um, an unusual punishment. Anyway, yeah. So I'm not sure about that. And then there's another thing that I wasn't sure about. I guess we can get to this when we get to the climax because it's more. Well, we're basically there. Okay. So here's the deal. Why? Because she had this great plan in place where she kind of needed time. So she was yeah. putting the cop off. So uh-huh. he so he gets arrested. He turns himself in for this murder. Okay. He's I put have in a jail. already, but go ahead. He's put in jail. Yeah. And um, then he's going to go call Colford because he needs to get down to the bottom of this and figure out what's going on. And the girls don't want him to do that yet. So they... <laughs> they're harassing him. The yeah, detective inspector. They are. They're harassing him essentially until um, trying to put off him contacting Colford. Okay, so then they bring in the sister, who obviously she's the one who killed the son. You know, spoiler alert. We're we're sharing is all that, the secrets. Is that what happened? Yes. She she even said that she she's the one that killed him. I wasn't ever and sure then, if she just said that be, to like. Because self-defense is better than, like, him killing... No, I I think she really killed him. And then um, Caleb was just taking the heat for it for her. You know, which is fine and lovely and noble. Um, so she comes and she's confessing that he was raping her. And so she killed him, yeah. essentially, is what is alluded to. And so the ladies have this all set up and it's all taken care of. And... Um, Typical man comes on and ruins it? Is that what you're No. Well, that too. But, because he did that several times in the story. Yeah. But why did they need to break him out of prison? Why did they need to explode the jail and break him out of jail? Um, I think in part because you wanted Imogen to blow something up in this book. <laughs> um, and I think it's to further divert. And then I also think that they want. They were like trying to have the Viscount have a showdown with. Right. They wanted the Viscount in there, and so they got him there, and so it all worked out lovely. But I just couldn't understand why that needed to happen if they all had all this other stuff in place. Well, and and at some points it kind of seemed like it was too many cooks in the kitchen planning. Like um, C- Cecily had her plan. And then Imogen had her plan, and I think, like, it went a little haywire. But, yeah, the ending gets a little but, convoluted. And I, but I think the thing with him, because it did bug me that he kept coming and trying to rescue her, when it's like, she's got everything going, leave her alone and let her finish what she's doing. Yeah, that's what But I'm I guess about. the whole point was, is that he was, he had to find out that she wasn't being reckless. She actually did have everything planned out, and he needed to learn but that. But she's fearless, not fearless. reckless. Fearless, not reckless. And she's Athena. Athena. Yeah. Um, the conflict, the, um, this is just an example. This is just, you know, I said he was noble and it pissed me off. And this is just an example of, of that. And, um, yeah, like basically what you're saying is like, she had it figured out. Yeah. And, but I think that's also part of like the lesson that he had to learn. Not only like that she's not reckless, she's fearless, but also like if he's going to ride with these, hell's bells for the rest of the series he needs to like learn that they're more than capable sit and... back and let and enjoy the show because they they got it going on yeah for sure um and then um but yeah it got kind of um 
messy towards the end and I wasn't entirely sure if that was just because I was speed reading or, but there was a couple times where I'm like, wait, what? Well, they just, they had the bot, they had the corpse that was saying that he, you know, so they had it all set up. So they had this corpse that was going to say he, I don't know. Well, that's, but that, so that's the part of the plan that I didn't understand is if they have this corpse thing in play, why they had, but I guess they said that they had Jane come because they needed well, Peck, Colford to show up. Yes, that. But Peck also, like, um, what's Caleb, had confessed to Peck. Right. And so they needed Jane to come and, and let Peck know that it wasn't Caleb, it was her. And then when this other body showed up saying that he had killed the guy, then it Peck was... Peck is just like, oh, I'm going to forget every confession that I've heard. Every single person who really did murder <laughs> and... Um, we'll blame it on this dead body who I guess no one else cares about. Is that a thing? Well, it sounds like they like bought the dead body and like just basically said like, okay, this is your dead husband. Just kind of weekend at Bernie him until he got. (laughs) It's just like a dilay for aunties. Yeah. Um, but just basically told the wife of the dead body, like, you can't tell anybody that this is your husband. Don't worry about him. And he had He's ours no now. other family anywhere else. Anyway, um, it, yeah, it was. There was a lot of stuff at the end where I was like, I- "I'm not understanding." This isn't all tracking. Yeah. Anyway, I, so I couldn't understand why they needed to blow up the jail cell and get him out, other than the fact that Imogene wanted to. I think Im- they. I mean, I think that they wanted to give a way for each of the ladies in this first book to show off their skill set at the climactic so ending. something needed to be blown up. So something needed well, to be Adelaide blown up. Adelaide didn't and really do much at the end, but she did have her big moment uh, with Colford when she told him off, which was awesome. Yes, and she's supposed to be like, because um, at the end, Cecily says something about like, I've got the con artist, the spy master, and the explosives expert. And so I think it's supposed to be that Adelaide is the con artist. Because she's like a wallflower that no one really pays attention to. Yes, correct. Um, so, and also I think they wanted to give Imogene and the and detective inspector a final a little, little wink and nod. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about sex, baby. It's a Sarah McLean. Was there sex <laughs> in this book? Um, so it's pretty steamy. It's a Sarah McLean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they get after it. They do. In, um, I, I mean, we've talked about this before, I think, with Sarah McLean, but her sex scenes are always very memorable. She had, these, I mean, like, her people never just have sex on a bed. <laughs> right? It's always in, like, I kind of have to wonder if Sarah McLean has, like, a public, you know, she sex kink because um <laughs> like they are always out and about out and about um so yeah i mean like because even the closest they come to well i guess they go to her they go to her place after what happens but first encounters in a sarah mclean are always somewhere else which i guess is pretty common for historicals in general because it's well they're in the cupboard like hidden trysts and things like that. they're in that. the cupboard where it's dark yes. and you know she was just she just stole something and actually still had it on her person it's like get that girl out of the house before you start diddling with her because 
<laughs> I mean, you know, there's just all kinds of stuff going on, and we need to get her yeah, away. Yeah, I kept thinking that, too. Um, and then the second encounter is at the groundskeeper's cottage. Now, this is not the first, nor the second, nor the third, nor the fourth book in historical where I've read that they have sex at a groundskeeper's cottage or like a hunter's cottage or something like that. You so, know? Apparently so, there's just little cottages out and yeah, about no, in the was, woods. This was a thing. Um, and so For I can't... Sex in. Yeah, that's the thing is like I can't help but think like... If I, I hope, ever go to England and I find an old rundown cottage out in the middle of nowhere, I'm going to be, get a black light because I'm sure there's just stuff everywhere. It's like a symbolic like painting. Um... But um, I just can't help but think, like, I hope that you guys are, like, cleaning up after yourself for these groundskeepers. Like, they don't want to be laying in your filth. Ellen, couldn't you tell that no one had been in the cottage for forever? So it's okay. That's true. But then there's always, you know, clean blankets. I'm thinking there's got to be maggots or something nasty in those blankets yeah, if it hasn't been used in years. Like back in those days. Yeah, seriously. And, um, you know, the furniture had dust covers on it, but I'm sure it was moldy and nasty because, you know, no one had been there in years. I, I don't know. You know, it sounds all pleasant in the books, but I have a feeling in well, reality. Listen, we've had this conversation before, but um, th- there's a lot of stuff in historicals that sounds oh, a lot more pleasant than it actually was. Yeah, especially hygienically, hygienically, and shaving. Yes, and sh- and just smells. Yes. Smells. They're always talking about, oh, his musky smell. I'm like, yeah, he's yeah, musky. He's... <laughs> he's wears a jacket all the time when it's 100 degrees outside, and no one showers or bathes, Jeez. and there's no deodorant, and, you know, there's just no Drakkar Noir. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And, um, yeah, just, I, I always question that. But, yeah, so I just kept wondering at those groundskeepers' cottages and what they, they must be feeling, um, and it's just unfortunate. Um... And I really liked all the, like, croquet insinuations. Those were funny. Those were funny. Um, what was your swooniest moment? Oh, Ellen, my swooniest moment. So I think mine's going to be the servant's closet. That was your swooniest moment? Yeah. Just getting some fingering in the servant's closet that's you hidden know, in the wall. I'm not above swooning over that. <laughs> uh, what was my swooniest moment? Um, I always, you know, we gripe and complain, but I do like a white and shining armor knight in shining armor See, but in this book he kind of was pissing me off with the white knight the he the white was knight pissing me off too because it's just like leave her alone let her finish her thing but when um he comes to her rescue in when she's in brixton and what's his name yeah it was funny though. johnny crouch or... johnny crouch what was it? that was his name right yeah i think so Barty crouch Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Relation? No, I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> it was. That was his name. <laughs> related? I think they're related. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. So that's that's always Sweeney when they do that. There was he he was a Sweeney guy. Yeah. All the stuff about how he'd been holding himself in for years and years and years, and then when he finally just lets it out. And well, I love. I did. He, I he, did like the love out loud stuff. I thought that was yeah. And when he's finally like telling her, and like she's finally getting to know, like that stuff was pretty funny. Um, I have to tell this story because it was pretty funny. My friend was telling me that um, Smud, what is what what like a utility? The utility PG&E man. Or... Well, not not everybody. Those are not 
companies everywhere so thomas edison i don't know i don't know what places are called in other parts of the country the the like utility guy came to my friend's house and she thought that he was pretty cute and so she told her husband like full disclosure i thought that the utility guy today was pretty cute and so her husband pulls up the like ring footage the like front door footage and is like oh, well, he did too, because look at his body language, and, like, he's, you know, feeling you and all this stuff, and um, so now they have, like, this whole joke about, oh, I should have just, I'm just going to leave you for the utility guy kind of thing, and um, and she's like, yeah, so now I'm telling all these, now we're keep making all these jokes about, like, oh, your pole is so long, let me help you with that, and I just, like, straight away was like, oh, it looks so heavy, unburden your heavy load on me and my friend was like jeez ellen <laughs> she's like you just had that on the tip of your tongue i'm like yeah i read romance like i i can come up with an innuendo like that i always have an innuendo locked and loaded locked and loaded um but she was just she really was surprised at my uh ability to innuendo and well if she'd hung out with our family in any length know. of time, she, she would hear. See she should have listened. She should know better. She should just based on our history on and you. things like that. But anyway, um, let's hear from some of the listeners. This one is very um, kind of all over the place. Um, so let's let's see what you guys thought about this one. So Sarah says, "I really loved this one. I read this when it was released. So forgive me if I am fuzzy. I had been shipping Caleb and Cecily before this book, so I went in with high expectations. I loved how Caleb." pined for her and put an ocean between them so he could fight his feelings for her. I thought the banter was top-notch. Agreed. This book was everything you want from a McLean novel, from the tight-knit girl gang and strong heroine to the pining hero. I'm really looking forward to Imogene's book. Yeah, same on that. Um, Yeah, and I concur with all of all those, those pluses. Um, and those are, you know, what make this a really like for me. Cassie says, this one didn't work for me. I couldn't connect with the characters and didn't really understand why they loved each other. The off-of-the-wall hijinks got to be too much for me by the end as well. I'm sure Sarah McLean's devoted readers will love this release as it seems to be long-awaited, but I haven't read the series these characters were featured in previously, so I wasn't already invested. And yes, I can see that. Absolutely. Being a problem. Like I said. Um... Tiernan says, I really enjoyed Bombshell. I thought the banter and angst were perfect. This was my favorite of Sarah McLean's books. Oh, wow. I would not go that far. But um, I had two issues, however. I understand this was a work of fiction, but I like my historical romances to be a little closer to reality. I felt the injection of more modern uh, values to a bit overdone. And Maggie O'Tiernan was spelled wrong. Tiernan ends with an A-N, not an E-N. <laughs> Tiernan obviously feels a certain way about that. Um, yes, like we said, a bit, a bit anachronistic. But yes. That's very on par for a Sarah. That's like very yeah. Sarah McLean. That's like I expect that more from her than any other. Well, because Tessa Dare does it too. Tessa Dare is very much like that too. Yeah, a lot of these authors now, you know, put a lot of contemporary stu- feelings and and politically correctness into their historical novels. Yeah. Maida says, I really liked the bar fight and the parts where the friends conspired against the aristocrats. Imogene is the best. But the romance parts were so melodramatic and repetitive. 
so I'm not alone, thank you, Maida, that they got boring. She's not for me, but I can't stay away. We also don't see any of the interactions where they fall in love. I think they're in another book, so I'm not sure why he likes her um, other than that she's beautiful. I wonder if this is typical for Sarah McLean since I don't read a lot of historicals except for my fave, Evie Dunmore. Um, I would agree with that. Like, it's never... In this book, you never see any of it. And well, we and didn't even, even in, see a lot of it in the other book. We just know that they've had... You just kind of see that they obviously are, like, interested in each other in right. the other books. Because it's not, like, dwelled upon too much. They just... It's kind of like the amount that Imogene and Peck get in this book, Cecily and Caleb got in, in, another book. in the other books. Um, and so I would not say that that is typical for Sarah McLean. I feel like it's usually... Um, more backed up than this one, but I do agree that it's not super well And I think defined. part of the problem, too, is it isn't, like, her last book. I don't think we've seen them for... No, it's... It wasn't in The Bare Knuckle Bastards. It was in this... Correct. Scandal. I'm pretty sure. I mean, you guys can correct us if we're wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that all happened in Kate in Sarah's, Sarah's book, book, which was, like... The, the Day of the Duchess. The last book in the series before her last series. Yeah. So it's not like it's, you know, the most recent. Um, Bethany said, I tried and tried, but I just can't get through this. I was super burned by the last Sarah McLean book, Daring in the Duke. Seriously, so, so, so toxic that it just left a bad taste in my mouth for SM books lately. I hope other people enjoy it, though. I must say I love the covers of her latest books. Yeah, this cover is really pretty. Um... I read Daring in the Duke, but it was very briefly. I read it too, and I can't remember. Yeah. I'll be honest, like, no. Oh, of... that was the one where he, like, his sister, but she wasn't really his sister. Um, right? Where, yes. None of the Bare Knuckle Bastard <laughs> series, like, stands out to me too much. And I... It's where the brothers were trying to keep her away from him for so long, and he oh, thought she was dead. Oh, yeah. And then he found out she wasn't dead. Okay. And then... Yes. And he's the Duke because he, he won, won that fight or whatever it was. That, that the, like, grudge match. That, yes. Okay, and then yeah. you found out that he's not as bad as everybody thought he was, and... Anyway. Yeah. So... I think they might have been mentioned. I think that their tavern is mentioned in the books, but it's not, there's not a lot about these two in those books. Yeah. Um, Rachel says, I enjoyed this book. There were some fun action moments like the bar fight, but like Tiernan, the modern values really distracted me from the romance and made the plot feel unrealistic. Um, yeah, agreed. Michelle uh, didn't finish this one. I pre-ordered it and was super excited, but couldn't get into it. And that makes me feel more sane because it took me a long time. <laughs> so thank you for that, Michelle. Um, Jess says, I really enjoyed this book. The banter and pining were top notch. And I think the book does a great job introducing a new series and a new set of characters. I also really liked the crew of ladies who love and support each other working to take down abusive bad men, and I am really looking forward to the upcoming books, especially Imogene's romance with Tommy Peck. What kept this from being a love for me, though, was that there was a bit too much back-and-forth melodrama between Cecily and Caleb. Overall, though, a solid good read for me that is different than the typical Duke historical romances out there. I will say I like that, too. Yeah. I like that he's not 
an aristocrat. It's not revealed that he's an aristocrat or anything like that, you know. I like that. It's right. refreshing. PM Jess continues. P.S. For those who did not enjoy this book or couldn't get into it, I would suggest trying Nine Rules to Break when romancing a rake. Sarah McLean's debut adult historical romance from ten or so years ago. I adore the book so much. It features a wallflower who decides to take control of her life and a reformed rake. So much witty banter, humor, sexual tension, and romance. Swoon. We did a podcast we on just, that recently. Re- yeah. I think in the last... I think it was in the last group that we just read that book. Um... Yeah, I yeah, I love that. I love that series, and I love the Fallen Angel series, which is not called the Fallen Angel series. It's something um, about scoundrels. <laughs> those are my two favorite. Yeah. Um. Jen says. Also, I will say. Um, in reference, in reply to Jess's comment, um, she she mentions being excited for the other couples, and I think I'm more excited for the other couples than I was about. This couple. That could be. Um, Jen says, I liked this book. Having not read the series before this one, I did not feel very connected to it, having never met any of these characters before. It also suffered a bit from first book-itis. Thank you, Jen. Um, well, it probably feels more that way when you haven't read any of the other books. Because yeah, because there's like even a whole world you're being. Yeah. yeah. We at least have some connection to some of the characters. Yeah. Um, she just, Jen continues, they are introducing all the Hell's Bells and setting them, them up for the series. This often took me out of the story. Overall, I enjoyed the book. Caleb and Cecily were fun together. I loved the concept of these women banding together, taking down problematic men and helping other women. I did get annoyed with Caleb's save, savior complex. Cecily and the Hell's Bells were quite capable on their own. I loved that the final mission, Caleb had to be locked up in jail so the women could complete <laughs> their mission. Overall, <laughs> I enjoyed this book despite the slower parts and look forward to imaging and the inspector's book. Um, Jen, like, same brain on this book. Like, that's exactly everything I feel. Yeah. So. I'm with you, girl. Um... Last but not least, we have Georgina, who says, This was a like for me, but far from a love. The characters were interesting and the plot entertaining, but I just didn't fully connect with the love story. I haven't read I haven't read the previous book where the characters were introduced, and I constantly felt like maybe I was missing the beginning of their story, and that's why I didn't fall for them completely. That's good to know. That's basically what I was wondering about earlier. Though I feel like this shouldn't be a problem one has to face at the beginning of a new series. Shrug emoji. Yeah. Concur. Agree. Um, I liked Caleb, but I agree with the comics about his reluctance to the relationship became repetitive and melodramatic halfway through the book. On Cecily, I liked her more than I thought I would. I read some very valid comments about how her character and the book felt too anachronistic. Good word. But I was surprised that it didn't take me out of the story as much as I thought it would. Overall, I didn't like it as much as other books from this author, but I'm not mad I read it. I saw somewhere that it was like a historical romance version of Charlie's Angels, and I agree. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Good call. And the Duchess is the is Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Or Bosley. Would she be hmm. Charlie or Bosley? <laughs> Interesting. We'll dwell on that. We'll have to think about that one. Uh, Georgina concludes. Call in with your... <laughs> call in. Uh, Georgina concludes. I can't wait for Imogen and, Pem- and Peck's book. Also, a quick shout out to Mary Jane Wells that always delivers an amazing performance for the audiobooks. Oh. That's good to know. And I have listened to other books by her and she is good. In fact, I'm pretty sure she's done other Sarah McLean's, which was how mom first listened to. That is the first one I listened to was a yeah. Sarah McLean. Well, one of the first ones, because I did have yeah. some Tessa Dares in there, too. Yeah. Um, mom, final thoughts on this book? 
I really liked it. I know, um, I think I enjoyed it more because I wasn't trying to get through it as fast as you were. Um, but also... A lot of people agreed with you. A lot of people agree with me. So, it's not all my fault and my <laughs> procrastination. It's a little bit your fault, but true. Thank you. Um, yeah, I really liked it. Um, and some of it's due to, I think, just my headspace right now. But also, um, yeah, I think I think it did suffer a bit from being tied to so many things. Yeah. Um, and it took me a while to make the connection with the sisters. I was like, we've read books about these women, right? We've read these books. And well, I was talking to Ellen. And I was listen. Like, right? We read, and Rogue Not Taken was the first book for those sisters. Yes. And mom always think, and you know, you guys know that mom always remembers things better than I do, at least about plot. I remember authors' names you remember and authors titles and better. And titles and books better but, than But, um... And I was the one that remembered that Sarah was the sister who left her husband and then got back together with him. And Day of the Duchess. And she's the one who had the bar with Caleb. And Day of the Duchess is always my go-to when I say I don't really like second chance romances because I can't ever figure out, okay, either you left him for a reason or you didn't leave him for a reason. If you left him for a bad reason, don't don't go back to him. If you left him for a stupid reason. Why did you leave him? Why did you leave him? And so... You know, and that was one where it's like, I don't even understand what is happening in this book. <laughs> why why these people want to get back together. But. I did like that Caleb, you know, called that out too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That he's kind of a, yeah. Um, anyway, I liked this book. I enjoyed it. Um, I, it's kind of like, I think it was, mm, I, can't, I think it was Georgina who said it. Like, I'm not mad I read it. Right. I enjoyed it. It, I, there wasn't anything in it that I was just like like angry at um it just it it was a little lacking in the like ooh the magic for me i yeah. guess um but i am looking forward to the other two books yes likewise there's um, only two more right i'm i don't I think, think duchess is getting a book i think duchess is gonna get a book mom doesn't think she's gonna get a book because mom thinks she's <laughs> happily married <laughs> she's happily married because not <laughs> Not that she's happily married, but she's happy with her situation. Is that fair to say? Um, yeah. I think he just she just leaves her I, alone and has and has a ton of money. But so. isn't he supposed to be, like, old? I think he's going to die at some point and she's going to get a book as well. Maybe a novella. I'll give her a novella. I uh, don't know. We'll see. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Bombshell by Sarah McLean. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On November 1st, we will be chatting about Nice Girls Don't Have Fangs by Molly Harper so that you guys can read a spooky book. Um, over this spooky week. Um, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. Thank you, Ellen. All right. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.